0: It has been said that every person has a book within them, the story of their life, the events that shaped them, the passions that moved them, the people that influenced them, the moments that impacted them, even the faith that transformed them. And through these stories flows joy and sorrows, disappointments and delights, countless twists and turns, all interwoven to create a never-before-told, one-of-a-kind story. The story of you. It's a story still being written by you and by God, day after day, line after line, storylines. Write good things. Hey, good morning, everyone. It's good to be with you. Hey, just want to mention just here a family item in regards to Don Brown. Don Brown passed away a week and a half ago, and um, we just want to be praying for the family, for Sharon and her family as they grieve his his loss. And uh, just to let you know, there will be a funeral this coming Saturday uh, at uh, uh, the 24th at 11 a.m. here at the church, and uh, visitation will precede the service at 10.30. Would you pray with me? Lord, we come thankful that we can turn our hearts to you and know that you hear us, and Lord, that you speak to us. And Lord, you speak to us by your spirit, but you also speak to us by your word. And so, Lord, as we look to open up the word of God today, we pray, God, that you would let it speak into each heart as it so needs to be spoken. And may, Lord, I not be seen, but your word and by your spirit, may you be lifted up. Here in this place, we pray. We ask in thy name. Amen. Well, it's good to be with you and to be able to open up the Word of God. I want to invite you to uh, turn in your copy of the Word of God to Psalms 139. We have begun a year-long theme called Storylines, Write Good Things. And if you haven't gotten your journal, we encourage you to stop by the Information Center and you can pick up a journal that We will be giving prompts for you to write in that journal during each week, and you'll see the prompt there in the uh, growth guide. And we encourage you to uh, uh, do that and begin to maybe do some uh, growing with God, going deeper. You know, um, uh, this this is the theme that we really kind of worked on together as a ministry team. Uh, Brent came to us and said, "Hey, what do you guys see? What are some of the things that we need to be discussing?" and and uh, we're looking to as we look to go this coming year. And as we sat down together and just really began to seek the Lord and also to share together. Some of this, this really has been born out of our, our time together as a, a ministry team. That we, we saw the need for us as a church body, a body of believers, to go deeper into our understanding of God's story. To understand how God has worked throughout history but also to understand those important stories of God's word and how they also apply to us in our lives, in our own story. And so last week, uh, Brent, in our series here as part of this year-long theme, The Story of You, uh, he took us to Jeremiah chapter 1, helping us to understand the greatness of God and that he knew us even before we were created and has a purpose for us in our lives, in our story. Now looking back, i like us to just look back briefly to last Sunday. And we are reminded of the verses that the Lord said to Jeremiah in chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. Where he says, The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. And obviously, what comes out of this is that God had a purpose. A purpose in Jeremiah coming into existence even, now think about this, even before he existed. Even before he existed. The implications for us is that God, in his sovereignty, knew you before you were even existed. That alone, think about that. That alone has incredible implications for how we ought to pursue a relationship with God and live our life, our story. And hopefully you grabbed a hold of some truths. That is Brent's message this this past week. And I encourage you, if you maybe need to go back and, and look at that again. its Well, it hasn't uploaded. I haven't caught up on my work yet. But it will be uploaded this coming week. And you can check that out. But... Here's the thing. The fact that God can even know who I am is amazing considering the 8 billion people who currently live in the world. I think that was the last number I saw. Incredible amount of people in the world. Uh, But but you know what's, what's even more incredible? Is that God did not stop there. He did not stop there and just knowing about us before we existed. But that he uh, was actively involved in creating us and crafting us together physically, personally, and uniquely. And so that's why I asked you to turn to Psalms 139. And and if you don't have a copy of the Word of God, maybe you don't have the Bible on your app or whatever, there are Bibles in the pew. Or a pew, in the seats <laughs> uh, in front of you. Uh, and uh, and that, those red Bibles, you can grab one of those and then you can find this passage on page 445. Now, I want to look at this passage of Scripture that reflects on this truth that God made us physically, personally, and uniquely. Now, we're going to spin most of our time in verses 13 through 18. But to understand verses 13 through 18, you have to understand, and I believe you have to read verses 1 through 12. This is a famous passage. In fact, I would encourage you to commit this passage to memory. It's a great passage to memorize and commit to your heart. But King David is the writer of this psalm, and he writes this as he reflects on The bigness of of God in knowing everything about Him, His life, and Him as a created being. You see, you see that reflected in, in verses 1 through 12. Let me read those verses for you. It says in verse 1 of Psalms 139, O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hid me in behind and before. You have laid your hand on me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to even attain or understand. Where can I go from your spirit The night will shine like day, for darkness is as light to you. And see, here, here we get a beginning already as we look at these first initial verses of Psalms 139. You get an understanding that there's nowhere you or I can go to escape God. You ever try to hide from God? <laughs> it's impossible. You ever think that God can't see what's going on? You just sit in front of that computer or you... In that dark place, no, he knows. He's very much aware. The vastness of God and the mind of God. David wants us to understand. It's incredible. It is incredible. It's beyond our comprehension. You know, I was, I was, as I was uh, flying on the airplane here a few weeks ago and uh, crossed over to Israel. I was just reminded of God knows every three hundred and seventy-seven people in this airplane. <laughs> but he knows them, but they don't know him. How many of them don't know him? It began to grip my heart in that way. Isaiah reflects on this when he writes in Isaiah 55. He goes, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And so in this passage, we are looking at today, David goes on, he first reflects on the incredibleness and that we cannot escape God, but then he goes on here and he reflects not only on the mind of God and the incredible vastness of that, but now he also reflects on his creative power. So let's continue to read, read uh, out uh, about uh, David's outpouring of praise towards God as he reflects on His power. When he writes here now in verses thirteen through eighteen, he says, "For you created my inmost being; you knit me together in my mother's womb." And then he just lifts up this praise. He goes, how precious to me are your thoughts, oh God. How vast is the sum of them. Where were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of the sand. And when I wake, I'm still with you. Even when I fall, you're still there. You're always there. You know, as we, as we think about this whole idea of the story of you, um, this, the, you know, this passage is, is so vital to each of us having a what I believe is a proper understanding of who we are in view of God, of who God is. You see, uh, I believe one of the dangers is in how you read this passage or even how you p- apply the truths Uh, of this sermon series to your life, is that you can mistakenly think it's all about you. Uh, And it's not. It's not all about you. It's all about God and how he sees you. That you are accepted, secure, significant because of what God has done, and not because of anything you have done, or even are, or what, or even have accomplished. Look back at the passage again. Look at, I'm just going to highlight, verse 13, for you, who's he referring to? God, for you, created my MOF's meaning, jump down again, you knit me together in my mother's womb. He uh, goes, your works, you God, your works are wonderful, he understood, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made. He goes on, your eyes, again, God, your eyes saw my unformed body. Your book, my days are written in your book before one of them even came to be. And he says, it's you, it's all about you. And see, the, the reality is this here's the reality we live in this sin cursed world, right? that we're born into, we are born with sin. And as a result, there is an enemy in the world. And he wants you to take the focus off God and put the focus solely on you. He wants you to become prideful rather than live with a godly humility. And and, and just to give you a, a definition this is how I define godly humility. It's confidence properly placed in who God has made you to be. Confidence properly placed in who God, and what God has done and made you to be. What we find here now in this, in this passage, uh, here is, is David, he's, embra- he's praising. He, it's just an outflow of praise. But he's also, in that praise, he's embracing what God has done in creating him. So, here's some truths you need to, I believe you need to embrace from this passage that I, I, just, I would invite you to consider this morning. And the first is this. Embrace that you are created by God. And you said, well, that's obvious, yeah. But it's so, so important to understand. Look again at verse 13, the first part. For you created my inmost being. Here we see David. He's embracing the truth that God knew David in his mother's womb and that he created David. And therefore, here's the thing that we can conclude. That he created you and he created me in our mother's move. He was actively involved in what he has designed as his creative process In, the, in when he created man and, and woman. And here's the thing. We are not by chance. The individual matters. You matter to God. Each of us can have confidence in the Lord's ability to discern and perceive the nature and and needs of each one of us, of ourselves and each person. He is the creator, and here's the thing, his creative concerns include individuals. It's amazing to think about. You know, I, I got to go on this trip to Israel, and it was such a great blessing, but as I'm walking the land and being there amazed and being able to walk... But there's people, and they're coming and going, and I'm amazed. God knows every single one of these people. So often I can get wrapped up in my own little world and lose sight of the vastness of God, but also the vastness of the people in this world, and God knows each individual. See, embracing embracing that, that God created you is to embrace that you have this God-given value and significance, your life has meaning and purpose that God has ordained even from before you were born. Every child, and this is so important, every child in the womb, even, here's the thing, even before conception, and certainly from conception on, is known and loved by God. My son Nick and Lauren, uh, his wife Lauren, are pregnant with our seventh grandchild. Woohoo! Oh, you can share with me. We got seven now. Brent doesn't have any, but I got seven, man. And uh, we found out a month ago, it's a girl. Yeah. Yeah, it's a girl. So we got four granddaughters now and three grandsons. And you notice I said that in the present tense? Because God knows that child. God knows that child in the womb. He knows everything about that little one that I've yet to meet. God knows that child. He has created that one, and he is weaving that little one together. God knows that child. And I can't wait to meet her. (laughs) can't wait to meet her. Come January, who knows, maybe January 1st, we're out of here, you know, and go see our seventh grandchild. And so here's the thing. Embrace that you are created by God. You are created by God. There's a second thing to learn from David, and that is to embrace that you are crafted by God. Look again at verse 13, second half. He goes, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. This whole idea of you knit me together, it's it's the crafting that God in his creative design has been actively, he's he's actively, there's a connection there. And crafting and knitting together. See, here's the thing. This is embracing how God's created you. Um, I so appreciate what Pastor Tony Evans, he's a pastor I, I follow and I appreciate his ministry. And he, he, In fact, when I was in college, he would come to my college and they would pre- he would preach in, in chapels and, and things like that. And he writes a reflection on, on, this truth from, on this truth of God sculpting and knitting or crafting us together. And he shares this. He says, You are a work of art that God put together by hand. You have been remarkably and wondrously made, no matter the circumstances surrounding your conception, no matter your ethnicity or gender, your existence is intentional. You are not a mistake, for God makes no mistakes. You are created in the image of God with purpose and meaning. This truth is to be the foundation for a person's self-worth and self thing, God has made me. It's all about God. But he's crafted me together in my uniqueness. Now, as I've already mentioned three weeks ago, I, uh, I got to leave to check out on life for two weeks. as I went to uh, Israel with my brother Tim. And here's a pic of us. Uh, the Mediterranean Sea in the back. I had to show it to you in a little and that. Uh, we visited Hebron, Susia. This is the place right here. You can see this next one. Susia is actually, you probably never heard of this place, but it was actually a city that has been discovered, and they have no records of it. But when the Israelites, uh, when the Jewish people, I forget what period, were driven out of Jerusalem, they went a further south and built this secret city. They have no records of this city, but they discovered it. And there's caves, and you can go down in caves, and incredible how they lived and tried to be, uh, secret from the captors in that way and we went to the shepherds field where you know it was in, the angels announced supposedly announced to that, that, that was supposed location, believe the location where announced the, the coming of Christ. We went uh, uh, to an, even to an olive wood carver, and we were in his basement, and, and they were carving you know the, you know your olive wood figurines. We visited a nature preserve, learning about trees of the land, and we even learned how to herd sheep. I should have put that up there. I was I was learning how to herd sheep. Very interesting fact: herd sheep if they don't have a shepherd, they follow the goats. Uh, there's a lot of implications there, but. Um, we went to uh, tell Marissa where we participated in an archaeological, did an actual archaeological digging. Throw that one up there. Yes, I found that bowl, that drinking bowl. I actually, I, I let my brother get a little give the credit too. But we were digging in the same lotion. It's actually that's a two thousand year old bowl. Everybody, I've been having people ask me, well, did they plant that? No, they didn't plant it. It's an actual archaeological dig. You can go to Israel and be a part of that. Dig for a day. Look it up. Dig for or something like that. And uh, you can check it out. I actually dug that. And I found this. Boy, I had three people say that to me. Did they plant that? No. <laughs> we had a great time. And, uh, you know, uh, and, uh, we visited Bethel, Shiloh. I stood on Mount Gerizim. Pastor preached about that. Remember that? I stood up there, and I had to worship, so I got a picture of me worshiping. I should have thrown that up there. Of me worshiping on Mount Gerizim, looked at the Mount of Blessing. I looked across Mount Ebal, the Mount of Cursing that's written about in the Bible. All right? I went to the Mount of Olives, uh, overlooking Mount Zion. went to different sections of the old city of Jerusalem. Even experienced Shabbat. That's Sabbath. We say it wrong. It's called Shabbat. Say that with me. Shabbat. Yeah? We experienced the Shabbat dinner. All right, with a Jewish family, actual Jewish family, non Christian, but Jewish family. And all that was just in the first four days. We still had five more days to go and could tell you so much more. It's, you know, it was an amazing trip, but you know what I really enjoyed about the trip was being able to do this trip with my brother, my brother Tim. For that 12 days, we lived together pretty much. 24-7. I haven't seen my brother in his skibbies since we were in college. You know I, I haven't, you know, I haven't spent that much time with my brother since my freshman year of college when we were home th- together living in the same bedroom. It's been that long. That's a long time ago. I'm not going to tell you how many years. But it was a long time ago. All right? And uh, now one of the things... One of the things I enjoyed was that I enjoy, and I I guess this is as life, all these years of life, as that, I've learned to embrace how God has made Tim, and how different God has made me from him. (laughs) It is so drastic, Uh, you you know. uh, And I think the other 18 people on this trip, that we had some people from California and Texas and. Uh, Oklahoma, I think, and, and that. They're all, we're all coming, it's a second year trip for people who have been to Israel for uh, already once, and it's a second year trip. Visiting sites that typically you don't go to on your first year. But on this trip, uh, my brother Tim's there, and I just enjoyed embracing who God's made him to be. My brother is a storyteller, okay? He tells story after story after story. I've learned some things about my family after spending these 12 days. I start to understand my dad better and my sister better. It's really kind of scary. And, um, and so I'm starting, oh, that's where, it, oh, yeah. I heard, I heard my brother say phrases that my dad says that drive me nuts. I was like, oh, wow. Okay, all right, I see it. Now I understand it. But my my brother just told story after story. He told, uh, you know, my brother, he's an adventurer in life. He cannot not do an adventure, okay? He's got to go climb a mountain. He's got to go to some country. He's got to go do something. That's his, and he's got, he's in a spot where he can actually pull that off. And so, you know, I told you the story of a motorcycle accident. He told that story. He told stories of being a crisis chaplain for a fire department, and and just all that goes on with that. He told stories of going to India, and he's been to India. He told stories of going to Guatemala and and, uh, how through the years, he's helped raise funds, and he's built a medical, he's been a part of raising funds to build a medical clinic, and now they have a nursing school that just opened this past year. He told stories of going to Guyana, where they built a dormitory for orphans. You know, he's, he's story after story, after story. And every so often, I say, hey, tell him about this story. I would just egg him on. <laughs> and he told another story. He even told a story that I had not heard. And so he, somehow, somehow, you know, there's this the, somewhat, the conversation comes up with hot air balloons. And it says, "Well, they must have." A, I forget what it was how it came up, but hot air balloons. It goes, "Oh yeah, I've flown in a hot air balloon." I go, "Really? You've flown in a hot air balloon?" So everybody's kind of listening in on the bus as we're traveling along. And you go, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." One time, I sit down on my front porch, and I'm, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm there drinking my coffee, and, I, and there, I guess, there's some hot air balloon race going on in Traverse City, and a hot air balloon li- lands right in my front yard, and they yell over to me and say, "Hey, we're on this race, and we have to pick someone up." That's part of the race. And uh, do you want to go with us? And he so oh, he goes, yeah. I put down my coffee, jumped into the balloon, hot air balloon basket, and flew off onto the race, I'm waving at oh, my wife. Here she stands on the front porch. <laughs> Who has a story like that? The lady across the you know the aisle is sitting. Uh, uh, Elizabeth. She looks at me. I don't. Know, I heard that one. You know that's incredible. You know, and so he's telling story after story after story. One of the group members uh, says to us, he goes, because we're known as the brothers on the trip, the brothers. And so one of the group members says to us, "I am amazed that you two are on this trip together." He goes, he wanted to say this. He goes, "I could never do a trip like this with my brother." I said, oh, sorry. We, we just could never do this. And, and I've reflected on that. On why, why Tim and I could do a trip like this, and not, we, we did not have one conflict. And we just took it all in together. Obviously, we're on this trip to Israel. You, got, you don't have time for conflict, right? But we didn't have 1 con- I'm sleeping like, you know, i would never slept that close to my brother. You know, he's in that twin bed next to me. And, you know, I'm glad those king beds separate, you know, in the hotels. You know, it was really nice. Like, push him away. You know, he snores, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, uh, and that. But what is it? What is it? That we, we could just take this all and truly be smiling at the end of the trip with the sun setting over our shoulder. And that was true. They were at the rating in and, and the background. You know what it is? Here's the thing I think we've learned over the years. And, and it, this is, you know, we had learned this in some ways in the hard way, but, but we still have learned it and we pursued it. Is that we're both committed to embracing uh, that God has created us and crafted us differently in our abilities Passions, personality, and how he shaped us. I don't have to tell stories like Tim. And he will tell you stories. You get in a room with Tim, and he will tell you story after story, and it will never stop. I can just enjoy God, how God has created my brother Tim, and crafted him. And here's the part. I can embrace how God has created and crafted me. Now, I want you to know, this hasn't been easy. And in fact, it isn't easy within our culture. Uh, Because of the impact of social media, we can constantly be looking at the lives of others, wanting their life rather than embracing who God has created and crafted us to be. In some ways, social media has been one of the most damaging things to our culture. There's good in it, I understand. But what we do with it sometimes. And so we got to really look at and understand embrace that we have been crafted by God and embrace that. Now there's a third thing I want us to see here. Learn from David is this. We need to embrace God's role for you. Look at verse 15 and 16. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret, when I was woven together. There's that picture of how God crafted us. Woven together in the depths of the earth, that picture of the womb, all right? Your eyes saw my unformed body. God values life. He values life and knows the life of the unborn child, all right? But then he says this All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And here's the truth. Did you, get, I, you need to grab here. And that is this the Lord did more than just design and form your body, our bodies, He also planned and determined our days. Now, from the Bible, if you study other passages of scriptures, you can come to understand that this probably includes the length of life, all right? Maybe not the quality of life, that's more how you you choose to live and, and the food you maybe put into your life, but he includes the length of life and the task he wants us to perform. In fact, you see Paul reflecting on this in Ephesians chapter 2 when he writes, For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus. There's that word, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. See, as believers now, this comes to fruition. This isn't just about the fact that God created us and knit us together in in our mother's womb, but it's also now that as we stand in Christ, as we come to that place, and we know that we've been forgiven of our sins because we've confessed with our mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord, we now can see that we can have victory over the sin nature in our life and, and, and experience the fullness of who God's created us to be. And to work that out, And that's what he writes in in, in, in Philippians chapter 2. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation. See, salvation is also not about just, it's about giving us eternal life, saving us from from our sins, but it's about God working in us, bringing out his created goodness of who he made us to be. But to continue to work out our salvation with fear and trembling, understanding, God, you are doing a great work. Help me understand that. How, how, do you, how you've made me now as I'm, I'm complete in Christ, a new creation, how I can walk forward with courage and, and love and grace and truth. And I can become who you've Fully who you've created me to be. He goes, continue to work out your salvation for fear of me. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Now, again, I I, I can go back to my brother Tim uh, and I to illustrate the importance. Obviously, he's kind of in the illustrations right now because I just spent two weeks with him. And... uh, and all that, and it was a great experience, and it's good things. But um, you know, uh, just to, but to illustrate the importance of embracing God's role uh, on this trip, it also came out that not only we were the brothers, but we're also both of us are pastors. In fact, Tim, I, I he just finished up preaching up at his church in Traverse City, uh, my brother Tim, and so here I am, ironically preaching on the same Sunday after we both got back from, from Israel. And, uh, but uh, uh, it came out, and it was very evident that our experiences, and people, as they watched us, I think, not, the trip wasn't by us, but as we interacted and shared our lives a little bit, because you do on those trips, you share your lives, and I shared, we shared our lives with a couple other pastors that were there and, and just had good discussions and sharing and, and that. But as pastors, we are very different. <laughs> Tim is the pastoral care pastor at his church they're, they're a larger church, about nine hundred people and he, uh, he deals every week with people in the hospital, people in crisis, people going to jail, people meeting. he 's meeting with families, walking through the death of a loved one. In fact, he had a funeral yesterday of a, of a loved one a, a, a guy who's been in the church for many years i knew I knew that tim also and and and, and whatever other care needs come up that's his responsibility. that's what he 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 lives in that aspect of 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 what's going on and caring for people i I pastor as an overseer in ministry, working with leaders to lead ministries, develop discipleship within the church, through children, through youth, adults, programs. and I also work with people and contractors I had a contractor in this last week looking at our our, our thermostat system, you know, I, you know, I work with those kind of things, seeing building maintenance. Tim has no interest in that. I don't know that I have a lot of interest in that, but I have to do it. I, you know, but uh, it's part of what God's got me doing All right, uh, in that way. And so our experiences as pastors have been different in many ways, significantly. And there's more I could share. But we share life together. And one thing Tim and I have had to learn to embrace uh, is what God is doing through us and how he's using us in ministry and people's lives. This means embracing, this means for me, embracing the role I have to play and that I don't have to be Tim. I don't have to be Tim. I just need to be me. Who God created me to be. So the application for you is the same. Don't be someone else. Be you. Now, be the best godly version of you. (laughs) Pursue that. Right? Don't use sin as an excuse for you. All right? In your sinful ways. Confront sin. Let Christ transform you. And continue to work in you and transform you and make you into his likeness. In Christ-likeness, but be you. Be the best godly version of you. And the second thing, I think part of this is also walk through the doors of opportunity God gives you. Don't worry about the doors of opportunity God gives others. God is He'll he'll make it clear. He'll open a door. You don't have to force a door open. Let let God use you in in those doors of opportunity. And it's usually the very people that he's got in your life right around you. He wants you to step into those people's lives and be a part of that. And not, you know, influencing them to be who God's created them to be. The best godly version of who God's created them to be. And also, it's, it's understanding your strengths and your weaknesses. I know what areas I'm not good at, and that's okay, but I'm going to focus on where I am good at and let God use me in those areas where he has gifted me. You know, my brother Tim, some years ago, I, see, Tim and I were on the same staff together at the church he's still at, and uh, they wanted to start this campus, and, uh, this additional campus up in Petoskey, and so... They hired me to come up and start the campus. And so I worked as an overseer. What I'm gifted at, administrating, working with leaders to develop ministries. And so we started this church, New Hope Community Church at Petoskey, and, and we did that. And they wanted to start another campus. And when they were looking to start another campus, Tim says, why? My brother does that. I can do that. And so they wanted to start a campus in Bel Air uh, up there. And so Tim did it for about a year and a half and came back and says, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I'm not like my brother. And he realized God is his role. And he went back to being a care pastor. And the church worked through with him. And they, they walked through that with him, which was a really cool thing. But here, that, that, that's the thing, you know, to grab a hold of. Embrace God's role for you. And then lastly, I leave you with this. Embrace loving your God and how he sees you. Look again in verse 17. How precious. And here, again, you see David just... Pouring out praise, all right? You see this, all right? He's pouring out praise. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. And he's lifting up this praise. Amazing, He's, he's enamored with God. And now God has designed him. He's enamored with with the greatness of God. And here's the thing. No matter the circumstances, David knows that he's in God's presence. Intimately known by God. God intimately knows him. And he intimately, he knows you. You are known by God. And the call is to, is to, is to respond with a love and a passion for him. The Lord is aware of every detail of your life. He cares for you, and you are continually on his mind. So David, David, David is making it all about God and his desires for him and how he's created him, how he's crafted him, and has a role for him. You know, we live in a world uh, that strives to get us to conform to what they want us to be. And sometimes we do that to each other, don't we? A little bit. We try to, oh, this is what I want you to be. One of the things I've learned is that I can't do that. I've got to help whoever I work with in leadership and whatever, i got to help them become who God's created them to be in, in, that, in that ministry area. And so I strive to understand, okay, God, how we see, see that in others. But we live in this world that constantly is trying to, Conform us to what they want us to be and not what God has created us to be. And so the call is this simply as the worship team comes, we're going to close out with a great song. I'm I'm excited about this song that I was listening to Team Worship uh, lead uh, practice this earlier. Uh, Behold our God. It's a song of grace and a, a, a great praise and lifting up Him. But I want to leave you with this thought embrace who God has made you to be. By embracing that he created you, giving you God-given value and significance. That he has crafted you in your abilities and passions and personality. And, you know, embracing how God has shaped you. That you are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Embrace God's role, what he's got you doing at this point in life. But also embrace loving God. Grace loving God and how he sees you. You know, if you are an unbeliever here today and you've yet to place faith in Jesus Christ, here's one thing I want you to know. You are uniquely created by God. He loves you and he's very much aware of what is going on in your life. He's designed you. But you cannot fully understand that and experience the fullness of that until you've come to place faith in Jesus Christ. That's why Christ came. See, when, when Adam and Eve were formed and they sinned, all right, they brought sin into the world, and the result is that it, it tarnished this creation that God made us to be. Until we deal with the sin in our life, we'll never fully understand the fullness of how God's created us. We gotta deal with the sin let alone just the aspect of eternal life. So if you've never come to that place and you've trusted in Christ and admit that you are a sinner, that you need to be forgiven your sin, believe that Christ died on that cross and now have confessed him as Lord and Savior, I invite you to do that. I invite you to do that because not only will it set you on a course and a path for eternity with God, give you a newness of life, and joy in your heart and give you purpose in the midst of a chaotic world that we live in. But then it will help you become who God's created you to be as you learn to live in the freedom that we have in Jesus Christ. Stand with us as we sing, Behold Your God. Let's lift up praise to God here today, and I'll come back and we'll close in prayer.